Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today we've come to the fourth of these. Um, might call it a super fruit, might we? Um, uh, which in uh, the NIV these days tends to be translated as um, forbearance. We're going to um, do this by taking a bit of a journey uh, through the scriptures with quite a few uh, verses this morning. So um, they will appear there, but um, use your Bibles or your tablets or whatever by all means if you kind of want to follow through. In other translations, we will find the word patience or long-suffering. But uh, whatever the word uh, we use, it's important to understand uh, what is uh, meant by it. You remember that when we began this study, um, we we, uh, used uh, 1 Corinthians 13 um, because the first... uh, Fruit is love. Uh, Let me remind you of what verse 4 says. I think I'm going to leave this to you, Steve. Is that okay? Let me remind you what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. The word here, patient, is the same as the word in Galatians 5, 22. Forbearance. I'm, I'm not an academic, but I was... Uh, quite taxed over this because you will know as you read through uh, the scriptures, the New Testament particularly, the word patience appears quite often. Um, So what really is this word patience or forbearance? Well, of course, there are different kinds of patience, aren't there? But the word here is macrothumia, right? Now those photographers amongst you will understand the macro, won't you? A lens, right? Macrothumia, literally macros, long, thumia, tempered. Long tempered. The opposite of short tempered. Whilst um, patience, in the kind of sense that we understand it, might, you know, be uh, good to describe this, it can also have other meanings. We're not concerned this morning with that patience that's a quiet acceptance of circumstances or that we sometimes read about as waiting upon God. That patience that's learnt uh, from experience or from uh, a dependence upon God. This patience or forbearance is about our character. From now onwards, I'm going to try and use the word patience to save uh, uh, confusion. You see, all the nine flavors of this super fruit have to do with relationship. It has to do with our relationship with God through our Savior, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It's the fruit of the Spirit. 
So if we don't have that relationship, we won't have that fruit. And then if you look at these uh, characteristics of being loving, of being joyful, of being peaceful, of being kind, good, faithful, gentle, and so on, self-control, it's about that character being uh, worked out in how we live and how it affects those that we know and meet uh, in our church life, in our family life, uh, in our work life, in our retired so-called life. You see, these verses are about relationship. And so here, in the the, uh, patience that we have here, is the opposite of anger or that... uh, Uh, short temper as we sometimes uh, think of it so in um, verses 19 to 20 of uh, Galatians 5 the verses that precede this we read uh, that which will appear at any moment now that the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry, witchcraft Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. You see, this patience or forbearance is, is the godly spiritual response to circumstances and individuals. I don't know what you think, but it's, I suppose most of us can um, kind of recite, recite the fruits of the Spirit. It's a bit like Psalm 23 or 1 Corinthians 13 or whatever. You know, these are things, they roll off the tongue. But I wonder how you say it. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, yeah, hooray. Joy, yes. Peace, forbearance. It's a kind of like the rhubarb of fruits, isn't it? You know, it's often ignored. And edible only with lots of sugar and custard. I um, uh, have something that sticks in my mind about a few Christmases ago when uh, um, uh, Sharon and uh, her husband and the grandchildren were visiting. And uh, one morning I had uh, Sebastian, I guess he was about two or something like that, you know. And um, I was uh, attempting to get him dressed. And I think we'd got to the socks. And he was going to do anything, wasn't he, but cooperate. Because his mind was everywhere. He's a two-year-old. And um, so, you know, we were struggling to get these socks on. And um, uh, Sharon came into the room. And I suddenly realized, I actually apologized to her. Because my mind went back to all those years ago as a parent rather than a grandparent. And there must have been many times when I was trying to get her ready for school or whatever and I was not the least bit long-suffering. There was no forbearance there. But with this little grandson, of course, who was the, um, <clears throat> the apple, orange, pear and whatever else of my eye, 
didn't matter how long it took for him to struggle, you know, to put on those socks. I would have put up with it if it had taken an hour. And I realized the contrast between the two. And so I actually, um, just there and then, turned to her and apologized for all those years ago when I wasn't quite the parent I should have been. But there's a world of difference, as you know, between being a parent and being a grandparent. Matthew Henry, that 18th century commentator who I do sometimes bring to you, um, puts it like this. Patience to defer anger and a contentness, which I'm not even sure is an English word, to bear injury. That's how he describes it. Patience to defer anger and a contentedness to bear injury. I want us, first of all, to remind ourselves that we, those who belong to God, those who know Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour, we are there because of his patience, his forbearance, his long-suffering. Paul puts it very personally in his letter to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 1, 15-17, he says this... Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word patience here, immense patience, is the same word. That word, long-suffering or forbearance. You see, Paul uses himself as an example of God's mercy and patience. But what is true of Paul is true of all of us. Paul wasn't the worst Or, as the authorised version puts it, the chief of sinners. I love that. When I was younger and heard that verse, you know, I had the picture of um, Paul being like the number one sinner. Like the top ten, you know, he was the top ten, the number one sinner. Um, I I seem to be the wrong generation to have this top trumps thing, but children, some of you might remember that kind of thing. Well, Paul, what he's saying here is he was the top trumps. Of sins. Of course he wasn't. Sin is sin. There are no degrees of sin. In God's eyes, sin is, is sin. There's no worse or less uh, worse sin. Paul, of course, felt it because he had persecuted God's people. And uh, he expresses in this verse all that conscience that he felt. And also all that... Uh, Uh, wonder and understanding that he had that despite that God had reached out to him God had shown patience with him God had been long suffering when Paul was busy persecuting his people and God is long suffering with us but there are no degrees of sin this uh, it tells us in Romans 3.23 and this isn't on the slide, 
This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. But in order for that to happen, in order for there to be that redemption, God had to be patient with us. He had to show mercy to us. And the word patience and mercy, long-suffering, mercy, are often linked. In um, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 103, uh, we read this in verse... For the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Slow to anger, patience. That's that immense patience that we were talking about. Think for a moment of what it cost for us to be here this morning and even speak of these things. To have that assurance as Paul could write. Those who believe in him and receive eternal life. If you're amongst those this morning, that's not because you've decided to come to church, to be a church goer, to be a member of a church. It's because God's son came and gave himself for you. In Isaiah, we read these words, 53 verse 7. He was oppressed. And afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. That's his patience. When he could have called a halt to it. There's a lovely old hymn. uh, And it it says he could have called 10,000 angels. Because he could have. You remember when Satan uh, tempted the Lord, he took him to a high place. He said, come on, jump off. Because you know that you won't be allowed for your feet to touch the ground. That was the power of our God. But all that power was put away, was put to one side. And God waited while his son suffered and died. That's patience. That's long-suffering. That's what the Lord permitted and endured. All his trial, his beatings and humiliation and everything the cross entailed. Why? Because of his love for us. So, you'll excuse me, my use of the the rhubarb word. It isn't, is it? If it was... Matters if we matter so much to our God and Saviour that he shows that patience towards us. How much more does it matter that we, as his people, show that patience towards one another? And, you know, we sang uh, that song, didn't we? You know, your love never fails. You never give up. How true that is. God never gives up on us, even now. Even when we 
let him down, even when we fail, even when uh, sin wins, as it were. God never gives up on us. We perhaps sometimes give up on him and fall away, but there's always a, a way back. We have a God whose love is unfailing, whose patience is never diminished. And so I chose our reading today from uh, Colossians uh, because now you see the parallels there in the words. The same as when we went to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and, and we read that description of love. You could see the parallels with the fruit of the Spirit. So here in Colossians with this reading, you'll see there are parallels. But now, what has this fruit become? It's become our badge. It's become the uniform we wear. It's become what really marks us out. So uh, we read some of those verses. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, long-suffering. It's the same word. This is, this is the word. We're now called to act in a conscious way, to decide to be patient, to decide to um, put up with, if you like, um, uh, the actions of others. Paul puts it this way, bear with each other. That's patience. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We need to learn that, don't we? Sometimes we forget. We get a bit, dare I say it, a little bit full of ourselves. A little bit perhaps... uh, Self-confident, a little bit. Um, sure, I remember years ago um, when I was young, when I was a teenager, and um, one of us possessed a car. Only one. <laughs> Those were the days. Huh? And um, one Sunday after church, we had done um, early morning Bible class. We'd done the morning service, which is what we used to call breaking of bread. We'd um, done afternoon Sunday school. Then we'd done the evening service. And for some reason or other, there wasn't a youth service afterwards. Those were the days, weren't they? Hey? And so um, someone had a car. or Maybe there were two cars. So we all went off to Barry Island. You remember Barry Island, don't you, from Gavin and Stacey? And uh, we went on the fairground. And uh, one of our number went home, and his parents said, like, where have you been? He said, oh, we went to the fairground. Well, that was not the thing to do in those days, on a, certainly on a Sunday evening anyway. And I recall being summoned to the elders of the church. And um, amongst them was my to-be father-in-law. And uh, I suppose I was a bit, you know, I, I could speak up for myself, let's put it that way. And I remember him saying uh, that quote from Corinthians, take heed, forgive it being in your side, because that's how I remember it. And this is the man whose daughter I was going to marry. 
Take heed, ye that think ye stand, lest ye fall. Well, in a way, it was good advice. But it was put the wrong way. That's the thing. But that's it, isn't it? You know, we think we're right. We think we've got all the answers. But, you know, think of Cain and Abel and the words of the Lord to Cain. What did he say? Satan's lying at wait at your door. Don't give him entrance. And of course, sadly, he did. And uh, the, the, those, uh, the consequences, the murder of Abel. So we must be careful. We must understand that we are the objects of God's grace. We've been forgiven. And we're exhorted uh, uh, to forgive and to forbear. I wonder how often have we heard said of someone else or someone boast of themselves he or she doesn't suffer fools gladly in my experience it's said as a kind of approbation because this particular person is somehow of superior intellect position or ability and are therefore permitted to be contemptuous of others dare I suggest that that's not the case for us, are they in fact the exact opposite is required of us, that we do suffer fools gladly. In Romans 15, 1 to 3, we read, Thank you. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Do you know, here's another example, I think, of the Christian being called to be a revolutionary. To go against the norm. To think and act contrary uh, to the world view. To reach out to the weak. It's not about being the strongest. It's not about being the cleverest. It's not about being... Uh, the wealthiest or attaining the highest uh, position. It's about reaching out to others. We who are strong ought to bear with, be patient with, forbear, be long-suffering about the weakness of others and not to please ourselves. Elsewhere, uh, Paul reminds us that we're not our own, We're bought with a price. All I've said this morning, one of the reasons I've used so many scriptures is to make that clear, that it's it's the scriptures that are speaking, not me, but all that I uh, have um, said this this morning is not um, because it was... uh, an interesting journey through the scriptures, but because it's vitally important uh, that we respond. I hope this morning that you've been able to see that this word, this patience, this long-suffering, this forbearance, is above all a Christ-like quality, linked to being selfless, linked to having an attitude that's merciful towards others. Even when you're uh, in the right I think it entails 
reaching out to those we might perceive to be weak in faith rather than judging them, putting up with each other's foibles and differences. We had a joke last week, didn't we, that this morning's uh, sermon was long-suffering and you're having to put up with me. Well, I've almost, I am watching the clock and I have almost uh, finished. It's not retaliating when we believe we've been hurt or insulted in some way. It's an attitude that is merciful rather than feeling someone should receive their just deserts. Patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. But can I conclude by saying this? We can't be loving, joyful, etc., but not patient. We can't be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, but not kind and good. There's no flavour more important than another. The whole thing stems from love. The love we have for our God, which gives a desire to serve and please him, and the love we have for one another.